Hello, you're listening to Drawn to the Flame, a podcast for fans of Arkham Horror, the card game. I'm your host, Frank, and this is another one of my first look episodes at the starter decks, the investigator starter decks, this exciting, weird, new product that we've got in Arkham. I'm just really delighted to be first looking them. We're reaching the halfway point. Halfway through this episode is halfway through all of them. So stamina's holding up. Really enjoying the influx of what we've seen. If you've not listened to the first two yet, go back and listen, of course. Given us a couple of ideas about the shape of these decks now. We've seen what the kind of breakdown is of asset, event, skill. We've seen the breakdown of new cards to old or reprints to new cards. We've also seen that some of the XP cards really like to riff on cards we already know, giving them new XP versions. So it's nice to start to have more of a sense of what each deck is like. But that's just based off the evidence we have from two decks. So it might not even be that way for the other decks, as far as I can tell. Let's find out. We've got three decks left. Nathaniel is a one and two. Harvey is a three and four. Jackie is a five or six. Let's see who we're doing. It's a six! Jacqueline time! Brilliant! Let's do this. Jacqueline Fine is the psychic. She has five willpower, three intellect, two combat, and two agility. As I've said with the other episodes, I'm not going to go into loads of detail about the investigators. We'll save them for investigator-specific episodes. But let's still take a look at her abilities. She's clairvoyant-traited, six health, and nine sanity which is kind of amazing. Compare that with Luke, 5-9. 6-9 is awesome. Agnes is what, 6-8? So this is, yeah, really generous. She's got a reaction ability. When an investigator at your location would reveal any number of chaos tokens, reveal two additional tokens. Of the revealed tokens, choose and cancel two non-tentacle tokens or one tentacle token. Limit once per round. So once a round, you get to fish for three, and you can either cancel the tentacle and take the other two, or you can cancel two and just be left with one if you don't draw the tentacle. So you could draw minus five, minus six, zero, and you can cancel both of those. But where it gets sticky is if you draw minus four, minus five, tentacle, and then you've got a choice of cancelling the tentacle or having a minus nine, and chances are you're not nine up. You might be. You might have planned for that situation, but yeah. Elder Sign effect is plus one. If this effect is cancelled or ignored, draw one card. So if you reveal the Elder Sign in those three tokens you revealed and you discount it, so you reveal Elder Sign minus one, minus three, say, and you discount Elder Sign and the minus three, just get a minus one, still pass the test, you also draw a card. I love that the Elder Sign here fires off it not being drawn, which is kind of awesome. I just think that's such a nice touch for Jacqueline. So that's her card. Statline is way heavy on willpower, and Peter has been playing and thinking your feet, Mind's Eye Agnes, and I've definitely been wondering, will Jackie like something like that as well? With Mind's Eye, she can investigate at a five, fight or evade at a five as well. Depends if she wants things in those arcane slots, I suppose. Deck building, she's pure mystic, zero to five mystic, zero to five neutral, normal deck size, and she has Arbiter of Fates, Dark Future, and one random basic weakness. So Nothing weird, exciting, different there. She's as standard as can be, as you'd expect from these starter decks. So she's just going to live on, live and die on whether that's any good. Right, here's Arbiter of Fates. Oh, Pavel Kolomiets just smashing the art here. So brilliant. It looks like there's like an, an Elder Sign sigil drawn over this person's fate and one of the threads is th fraying. 
Three-cost asset, willpower, agility, and wild icons. Talent traded, it's her deck only. When you use Jacqueline Fine's reaction ability, exhaust Arbiter of Fates, this use of her ability does not count towards its limit. Wow, so three-cost asset that allows you to use her limit twice a turn, or twice a round, I should be correct with my terminology there. Pretty good, right? You'd want to see this early-ish to make it worthwhile, but it's really hard to put a cost on how often would you like to have her ability twice instead of once. I think, to be honest with you, that's just really strong. Even if you're just closing out a scenario, being able to drop this down and just use that reaction ability repeatedly, so twice a turn, gives you such control, doesn't it? I can see the threads. I know when they will snap. Okay, perfect flavor and matches the card brilliantly. That's really nice. Yeah, I think that's really strong. And remember as well that her ability, Q drinking, because I'll be mentioning her ability a lot, I suspect, her ability can be used on any investigator as well. So in solo, you play Arbiter of Fates and you can use her ability twice a turn. It just gives you such certainty about passing your tests and controlling the bag. But then in multiplayer, that means you could give it to the person who's getting loads of clues and then also give it to the crazy double or nothing play. And you don't have to choose one. You've got a choice of two. Super nice. Reaction when you use Jacqueline Fine's reaction ability. Yeah, that's just you doing it. And her ability then says when an investigator at your location. That's fine. Her weakness, dark future. It's omen and end times traded. It's a treachery. Revelation, put dark future into play in your threat area. You cannot cancel or ignore the Elder Sign, Skull, Cultist, Tablet, Elder Thing, and Autofail tokens. Forced at the end of your turn, reveal five random tokens from the Chaos Bag. If an Elder Sign symbol is revealed, discard Dark Future. Ooh. Okay. In certain scenarios, particularly standalone scenarios, the bag can have 20-ish tokens in. Hitting an Elder Sign token could be pretty tricky against those odds. In some scenarios, like at the beginning of Forgotten Age, the bag only has 13 tokens in it. So hitting an Elder Sign would probably be a bit easier. This this kind of hinges, doesn't it, on whether or not you can hit the Elder Sign token and how likely that is. It's making me think, do you want to maybe look into sealing with Jacqueline and sealing up some tokens to make it more likely to hit the Elder Sign? Potentially. Is it a really punishing effect? It's it's a really hard one to judge in isolation, I think. You cannot cancel or ignore Elder Sign. So what happens if I draw, I use Jacqueline's ability and I draw Elder Sign Skull Cultist, say. Let's look at Jacqueline's, what, the wording of her ability. When an investigator would reveal. So you have to declare that you're using her ability before you see the tokens. Reveal two additional tokens. Of the revealed tokens, choose and cancel two, non, or what? Okay, so that's... I think because cannot is absolute, if you drew Elder Sign, Skull, and Cultist, you can't cancel any of them, so they all trigger. So it would be plus one for the Elder Sign and then minus whatever it is for the other two. Which maybe makes you think like you just don't use Jacqueline's ability while you have Dark Future out because you're terrified of hitting loads of things. It also means if you hit the autofail while using her ability... You can't cancel it, so it doesn't really matter what the other tokens are. It that In that regard, it really shuts down her ability quite neatly. It's quite punishing. And I think particularly the fact you can't control when you get rid of this. Like if you're unlucky, you just have this for the rest of the game out because you keep failing to hit the Elder Sign symbol. Yeah. Oh, mean. Super mean.
It's also at the end of your turn, reveal five random tokens from the Chaos Band. Can you use grotesque statue charges to reveal more? You might be able to. I don't think grotesque statue is only in skill tests. So maybe you do. Maybe you'd also want to use Dark Prophecy and essentially draw the entire bag with a couple of cards to make sure it goes away. Okay, that that's a thinker. I'm excited by that. Hello, Frank here. I'm just adding a little note here, so I'm sorry if the sound is slightly different. I'm recording this at the point when I'm just about to edit this Jacqueline Fine episode, and I've thought about this enough that I think it is worth just putting this note. So I'm not quite sure where I'm putting this in, probably just after I talk about Jacqueline, but this detail is important enough, I feel, that I wanted to get something said now, because I think it does have an impact on a lot of the cards I look at in this first look, and that's about revealing multiple tokens. So first of all, on the Arkham DB rules page, I added a section from the FAQ. So this is from the FAQ card ability interpretation point 2.5, which is resolving multiple revealed chaos tokens. If an investigator is instructed to resolve multiple revealed chaos tokens, any game or card effects which refer to the revealed chaos token in the singular should be construed to apply to each of the revealed chaos tokens. And it goes on to offer an example. An investigator plays premonition, which reads, put premonition into play, reveal a random chaos token from the chaos bag, and seal it on premonition. That investigator then uses Olive McBride to reveal three chaos tokens instead of one, choose two of the tokens to resolve and ignore the other. In this case, both of the revealed tokens would be sealed on premonition, even though premonition only refers to the revealed token as a singular token. And likewise, when Premonition instructs that investigator to resolve the token sealed here as if it were just revealed from the chaos bag, they should resolve both of the tokens sealed on it. So far, so good, I think. I understood all of that. It adds, additionally, when resolving multiple chaos tokens, any game or card effect which triggers if a certain chaos token is revealed, such as the text, if the named chaos token is revealed during this skill test on Recall the Future, that will trigger if any of the resolved chaos tokens meet the specified conditions. Such an effect will not trigger twice if two of the designated tokens are resolved which is slightly different for some of the cards we're seeing in the Jacqueline deck, but that's sort of worth noting. And it has a final little point, which is a really good point. Note that this entry only applies when multiple tokens are resolved. If multiple chaos tokens are revealed and all but one of them are cancelled or ignored, this entry does not apply. All of that makes sense to me. I went and looked at the ruling for Grotesque Statue as well, that clarifies that when you use multiple effects that replace revealing a chaos token with something else, you must first declare your intention... So you're reacting to what you draw from the bag, because each of these effects are meant to be triggered before you draw chaos tokens from the bag. So if you declare you're going to trigger Olive McBride's ability first, you should then declare which of the three tokens you're about to reveal from Olive's ability will be turned into two tokens from the grotesque statue. So in this episode, the Jacqueline Fine first look, I give some examples where I say token three, I'm going to actually reveal three instead. And here is the rub. So the example on Grotesque Statue says, I'm going to reveal three tokens using Olive, and for the first token, I'm going to reveal two instead of one using my statue. However, the important kicker, Jacqueline Fine's ability, her reaction ability, is reaction when an investigator at your location would reveal any number of chaos tokens, reveal two additional tokens. So the thing I think I have got wrong in my first look here is that for things like, say, Dark Prophecy, where you reveal five tokens, 
You don't need to save for Jacqueline and the third token I'll reveal two more. You just reveal seven tokens because it's when you would reveal any number of Chaos tokens, reveal two additional tokens. Of the revealed tokens, choose and cancel two non-tentacle tokens or one tentacle token. So if you're already drawing multiple tokens, and we'll see this on Voice of Ra, you just add two to that target. You don't, I suppose you don't divide it up. That uh, Say, Voice of Ra is a good example here. Say you're revealing three tokens. You don't say for token one, I'm revealing three with Jacqueline's ability, and then I'm revealing token two and token three. If you're using Jacqueline's reaction, you just add two to the total number you're revealing. Most of the time, that means you're revealing one token and then you reveal three instead. But for any of these cards that reveal multiple tokens, you just reveal more. Another example which would work if Jacqueline was playing paired with Jim Culver is if you draw Final Rhapsody, that's reveal uh, five tokens from the bag. You could use Jacqueline's ability if you wanted to to reveal two additional tokens and choose and cancel two non-tentacles or one tentacle. So maybe the gym player is worried about hitting loads of skulls and maybe there are other tokens sealed. So you make him draw more tokens. He draws seven instead of five, but he can cancel two of them. So that's again where you would just add the two. Does that make sense? I hope so. At the points where I go into the when do you trigger her ability and which token do you turn into two more, please... Accept uh, my apology that I misunderstood the ability there, that she doesn't behave like Grotesque Statue or like Olive McBride, where you pick one token to turn into more. She just adds to the total, as far as I understand it. And this could be wrong as well, in which case, back to the drawing board and we'll learn more. Anyway, I hope this is helpful. And yeah, please let me know your thoughts if I've misunderstood this. And I think there is a subtle distinction there for Jacqueline that makes her even more powerful. So it's good to know. Thank you. Let's carry on the episode. Bye. And her basic weakness is also a treachery. It's nihilism. It's a madness traded. Revelation, put it into play in your threat area. Forced, after you reveal, cancel, or ignore autofail token, take a damage and a horror. Double action, discard nihilism. So my read on this is after you just fail a test because you've pulled an auto fail, you take a damage and a horror. Pretty mean to take both as well. Or if you use your ability, C3 tokens, one of which is the auto fail, which you cancel, you don't count as revealing it then because you're cancelling it. So that would be after you cancel an auto fail token, take a damage and a horror. And then ignoring an auto fail, I think that might be with things like defiance, although defiance doesn't target that. I know that the, the wording for cancel and ignore around tokens is slightly specific. I need to probably gen up on that a bit more. Right, it's, it's pretty mean. Her ability is all about avoiding the auto fail, and this is saying even if you're avoiding it, you're still getting punished in a certain way. So that seems like a good fit, basic weakness. And of course, if you've got Dark Future down as well, you also can't cancel or ignore the auto fail. So you're seeing it and it's then punishing you. And yeah, you reveal five random tokens to get rid of Dark Future. So if you reveal an auto fail while trying to clear Dark Future, you take a damage and a horror from Nihilism. Double action to clear, that feels reasonable. First card is Ritual Candles. It's our first reprint, just straight out of the gate. One cost asset, willpower icon, reaction after a skull, cultist, tablet, or elder thing symbol is revealed during a test you are performing, you get plus one skill value for this test. The wax tapers give off an eerie glow and the flames move as if they are alive. Takes up a hand slot. I know Peter's a big fan of this card. I've also enjoyed this card. I think it's particularly good where you've already used other cards to smooth off the 
punishment of the bag. And then this gives you plus ones in a nice way. And some of the tokens that can be a little bit harder to smooth off, you know, as skulls get more and more difficult as a scenario goes on, Ritual Candles just keeps giving you that little boost to push them back up. Yeah, pretty good. It also doesn't exhaust. So if you're fishing for multiple tokens in multiple tests in a turn, you can get multiple plus ones, which is good value. I think it was a slightly underrated card because it came out in Dunwich and you can't really control, particularly back then, you couldn't control how many tokens you saw. I think Grotesque Statue was pretty much the only thing you could use. And now we've much more seen a style of sealing, fishing for multiple tokens, that general kind of bag manipulation, mystics really filling their hands with tokens. And Ritual Candles probably has a bit more of a role to play in that. And yeah, you know, like the other thing to think about with Jacqueline's ability, drink, would be that say you fish a minus four, a minus three, and a skull, and a skull is something like a minus two, you can choose to ignore the two negative value tokens and keep the skull, and that actually ends up as a minus one. Or even actually if skulls are minus three as well, they become minus two once you have ritual candles out. So you get that little option where seeing the special symbols is actually almost better than seeing the numeric tokens. Cool, that's ritual candles. And next is the scrying mirror. Okay, this was announced when they announced Jacqueline. Three cost asset, zero XP, intellect icon. Item and charm traded, takes up a hand slot. The art is of the mirror showing someone with blood coming out of their head. They're sort of fallen on cobblestones and some pearls. sort of very Jacqueline. It uses four secrets. Reaction after a skill test at your location begins. Exhaust scrying mirror and spend one secret. Perform the reveal chaos token step of the test now before committing cards instead of after committing cards. Oof. I think it's pretty strong, right? Three cost to be able to see what you're going to draw before you commit anything. Really nice. Obviously, not very nice if you have nothing to commit anyway. Doesn't matter if you're going to commit or not then. So in in that way, it's a little bit like premonition. Do you have a way of avoiding what the the, the bag is going to deal to you? But you can even do some cheeky things where you use Scrying Mirror, then use Jackie's ability, see three tokens, one of them's the Elder Sign, which you cancel, which draws you another card, which gives you another option to commit, things like that. You can set up little plays around what's happening with the Chaos Bag. Yeah, I don't think I have much to say about this card beyond I think it's quite strong. I suppose if it's running Secrets as well, Truth From Fiction can add Secrets and Enraptured can add Secrets to it. So you could also charge it up and keep it, allowing you to do that. I really like this as a thing you're not maybe using all the secrets immediately i mean anyway exhausts but you're maybe using this thinking solo here for those clutch tests each turn where it's like a desperate need to get this clue so i'm going to see what the token is first make sure i've committed the right amount remove any of the jeopardy involved in picking into the chaos bag and move on from there yeah that's what i think i like okay so that's scrying mirror so you could have ritual candles and scrying mirror filling up your hands nice little setup Next is Azure Flame. I think we saw the XP version of this, or maybe we saw this one. Three cost asset, combat icon. It's a spell. It uses four charges. Spend one charge, fight as an action. This attack uses willpower instead of combat and deals plus one damage. If an Elder Sign plus one or zero token is revealed during this attack, take one damage. Fills up the arcane slot. This is so similar to Shriveling, 
It deals you damage instead of horror, and it cares about a different set of tokens. I've heard pointed out, I think it was a really good observation, if you're using this on hard or expert, which has fewer plus ones and potentially zeros, this is a really good shout over shriveling. It behaves in exactly the same way. It's the same cost, the same charges. And taking the damage over the horror, she has six health rather than nine sanity. So you maybe like that a little bit less in Jackie, but I think that's something that could probably be discussed. The other thing obviously with her is that she's fishing for multiple tokens. So you might draw a plus one, a minus two, and a minus one. You can cancel two of those, including the plus one, still pass. She's fighting at five willpower. And then you don't take the damage. So it gives her some mitigation, which I suppose you could do with shriveling as well. Just It's just nice that it cares about a different set of tokens, I suppose. It also means, which is probably worth noting, you don't want to be taking the test if you're desperately hoping to hit a zero. Chances are with five willpower, you're not fighting a five fight enemy. But it really disincentivizes the idea of like, oh, I'll just pull a token and go for it. So yeah, I think that's just worth noting. It's not a major thing. But if there are people out there who like to just draw a token <laughs> and hope for the best, then they probably don't want to use Azure Flame. It's a two of. I mean, I'm pretty sure with the Investigator Starter decks, because they're trying to be somewhat simple, all the cards are two of. There won't be any confusion. But I'm still going to say that as I go through the cards, just in case. Next is Clairvoyance. This is the right of seeking to Azure Flame's shriveling. Four cost asset, no XP, intellect icon, spell, uses three charges, spend one charge as an action to investigate, use willpower instead of intellect. If you succeed, discover one additional clue at this location. If an elder sign plus one or zero token is revealed during this investigation, take one horror. Now take one horror, that last clause... This is not as easily comparable with Right of Seeking as Azure Flame is with Shriveling. Because Right of Seeking's ability on special tokens is end your turn, which is huge and has dictated how Mystics with Right of Seeking play for the last two years. That you try and investigate last action or have some way of cancelling the token if it cuts you off halfway through your turn, or just accept that you might be losing an action to get extra clues. With Clairvoyance, that's just removed. The penalty here is just horror. So you can put clairvoyance down and in a turn just go investigate, 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 get six clues. The worst that can happen there is that you pull the tentacle three times. But then the second worst that could happen there is that you pull elder sign three times, pass all the tests, but take three horror. Jackie doesn't care. Three horror out of nine. No problem. And in fact, most mystics won't care about that because most mystics have higher sanity than health. We've got all of the transport at the moment. Sorry if it picks up on the recording. We just had a really loud slow plane, then a helicopter, then a bus, then a lorry. Anyway, that's clairvoyance. On we go to ineffable truth. Oh, the art on this, man. Romana Kendelik. Just smashing it. Three cost asset. An agility icon. It's a spell. It uses three charges. As an action, you can spend a charge to evade. You get to use willpower instead of agility. If you succeed, deal one damage to the evaded enemy. And if an Elder Sign plus one or zero token is revealed during this evasion attempt, lose one resource. Takes up the arcane slot. Now this is a little bit trickier to compare with Mr. Rillier, I think. That's two cost for four charges. So straight away in the lead for the cost to charge ratio. 
Same thing about using willpower instead of agility. But with mists, you get a move, and with ineffable truth, you get a damage. The penalty for mists is losing a card. The penalty for this is losing a resource. I'd say the penalty here is slightly softer, although saying that sometimes mystics have lots of things they want to play, and they want lots of resources. A bit of a toss-up there. The other thing that comes to mind here is something that Peter's often said about the weirdness of blinding light, that it's an evade, but it's also a damage card. They can run at, run at odds with each other, can't they? Because you think, like, well, if I'm evading, I just want to evade, and if I'm fighting, I want to do lots of damage. So it combines the two, and maybe it falls in a quite nice space between Azure Flame and Mists of Rulier, where maybe you want an evade, and then you're going to kill an enemy. So this gives you the point of damage you need. Turns off retaliate, things like that. Or maybe you see this before you see an Azure Flame and you're up against a one health enemy. So you evade it and kill it with this. You use it as a combat spell, even though it's an evade. Obviously, because it's an evade as well, it means you get to target the enemy's evade value rather than their combat value. So there might be occasions when just getting that final point of damage, it's easier to do with ineffable truth, save your Azure Flame charges, that kind of thing. I would probably start viewing Ineffable Truth as your combat option three and four in the deck. And I suppose, really, I should just get past this idea of talking about combat and evasion as though they're separate things, when really they're both enemy management solutions, which is exciting new big business coming to your area, enemymanagementsolutions.inc. Okay, so that's Ineffable Truth. I was just wondering if we'd see an ally, and well, 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 we see the familiar spirit it's a cat, but it sort of has, like, wings of shadow. One cost asset, no XP, willpower icon, ally, creature, and summon traded. You have one additional arcane slot, which can only be used to hold a spell asset. Thou art wholly unworthy, but I shall serve thee for now. One co- uh, health, one sanity, takes up the ally slot. A one cost ally that gives you an arcane slot. It's pretty good. What are the other arcane slot options? Three cost sign magic, which is fast and takes up a hand slot, or then Book of Shadows stuff, right? Are they the only two? I think I'm forgetting one. So playing Familiar Spirit, you could be doing the Mind's Eye thing in your normal slots, and also run a spell if you really wanted to. Or in this deck, get the Familiar Spirit down for one, and you can run Clairvoyance, Azure Flame, and Ineffable Truth all in one setup. I like it. I, I really like it. The only thing I can think is that there's loads of competition in the ally slot in Mystic. But for a starter deck, it's so straightforward what it does. You get it down, you get all your spells down, you've got your cat helping you. Why not? Its tail is almost like a raccoon's tail. It's also one of these things where, you know, people have played around with Charisma decks for ages. Charisma's been around for a long time. But being given the option to have another slot, I'd say that certain players have just got used to not having that slot. So a good equivalent actually is, say, hand slots. You've already got two hand slots, and then if you want another hand slot, you run a bandolier, and the setup to get to the third hand slot often doesn't justify the result you get when you have those slots. The same for me, I think, is in Mystic. If I've got two arcane slots, I normally use them to their capacity, and I don't worry about there being a third slot or not. I just carry on without it. I actually ran Sign Magic for a while in the catchy deck, and just never found myself in a situation where I was so desperate for the third spell that I was willing to play Sign Magic as well. And it's a fast card, so 
It's not hard to just get it down when you need it. So that, I think, would be the interesting telling thing. There'll definitely be people out there who what they want to do is get all three spells out and the familiar spirit, and they'll feel really powerful. But I think people will discover as well that as you play, your spells run out of charges and you just play another spell over the top of them rather than wanting this mega setup. But really nice for the starter deck, for sure. That is the spirit. Next is the Crystal Pendulum that fans of the cast will probably know a fair amount about. Two-cost asset, willpower icon, item and charm traded. You get plus one willpower. Reaction, after a skill test at your location begins, exhaust Crystal Pendulum, name a number. If this test succeeds by that number or fails by that number, draw one card. As I said, takes up the accessory slot. Now, Peter has been raving about this card for good reason. It's comparable to Holy Rosary, two-cost arcane slot. They both give you a static boost to the stat you want to boost, which is lovely. This one doesn't have the Sanity Soak, and instead gives you this pseudo-card draw ability if you can play the bag right. And what Peter, I think, has illustrated really well on Think On Your Feet episodes is once you have a look at the bag, you can play the odds of the bag fairly easily. So you can calculate, okay, there are four minus twos and five minus ones. So I'm going to say that I'm whatever up it is that the minus one outcome would give me. So if I'm five on two, I'm going to say I'm going to pass by two, thinking that the minus one's going to hit. And you can roll with it like that. You can also do a thing if you're testing a stat that's, uh, say, one over the threshold. Let me get my maths right here. No, two over the threshold. You can say one. And that means if you pass by uh, one, so you draw a minus one, you get a card. But also if you fail by one, so you draw a minus three, you still get a card. Because this card doesn't care about whether or not you succeed. All it cares about is the number. So if you're thinking that you might be that much over or under the test threshold, you can still be drawing cards. Where I think that's useful is, say, in Mythos, when you're hit by a treachery, that you're like, oh, this is going to punish me. You can still use the pendulum if you want to. You can say, well, I'm probably going to fail this and I'm most likely to fail it by, and you've looked at the bad composition, two. So I'm going to say two, and then you might still get a card out of it. Really nice. So we've seen ritual candles and the scrying mirror in her hands, three spells in her arcane slots. We've seen the uh, familiar spirit, I was going to say mysterious spirit, familiar spirit in her asset uh, ally slot. And now the Crystal Pendulum in the Arcane slot. It's filling out nicely. Will we see some kind of talent, some resource booster? Let's see what's next. Oh, Robes of Endless Night, of course, in her body slot. I'd forgotten about this. Now, we saw the XP version of this card. I haven't seen this one. This is a three-cost asset, zero XP, agility icon. Greg Bobrovsky has done incredible work on the art. It's item and clothing traded, and it can take two damage and no horror. Dark is the abyss without, bright is the abyss within. Reaction, when you play a spell card, exhaust robes of endless night, reduce the cost of that card by one. Pretty good, I think. The level two version is even better. I think that one also turns off attacks of opportunity. So this says a spell card, doesn't say spell asset. So for instance, you could exhaust robes of night and play water protection for free. You could also use this for the new spell event suite from Dream Eaters to be playing cheekily all of those cards for one cost, which is pretty awesome. And it also means that you can set up your asset setup of Azure Flame Clairvoyance and Ineffable Truth. I'm mainly saying those again to try and get them into my head for cheap. 
for two cost, three cost, and two cost respectively. Where I think it actually becomes even more useful is if you're doing what I just described a little bit earlier about playing spells to replace other spells and having that churn of spells, where if you're, say, playing five spell assets over the course of the game, saving five resources from Robes of Undless Night is pretty good. Of course, it does cost three. So really, you want to get at least five assets and events out of this, maybe more. Like, at what point has it become really good value? And probably, I would say, six cards out of it. The the equivalent, I suppose, is that you're paying it for three, and you're basically saying, I'm banking these three resources on this little card, and I'm going to then use those resources later to pay for other spells. There might be a time when, say, you're worried about paranoia, and you use this, or you're worried about losing resources, say, to ineffable truth. You play Robes of Endless Night and then start doing your evades, and that way you don't have any resources to lose, so you don't care if you hit a plus one, a zero, or an elder thing, elder sign. You probably don't care about elder things as well. So yeah, there's, there's some room to play around there. But this is a nice, like, I guess, drip economy card. Little bit costly at three. And next, is that us done for assets? It is. It's our second reprint. It's Astral Travel. Three-cost event. Well, nice to play this for two. Willpower and agility icons. It's a spell. It has the bold move keyword. Move to any revealed location and reveal a random token from the chaos bag. If you reveal a skull, cultist, tablet, elder thing, or autofill symbol, you must discard an item or ally asset you control if you cannot take one damage. So in this deck, that's your ritual candles your scrying mirror, or your familiar spirit. And this makes me think, I've rushed back to look, the scrying mirror, when it runs out of secrets, doesn't discard itself. So that's actually kind of a nice target to lose. Once it's empty, it's just sitting there empty on the table. Oh, the crystal pendulum can also be discarded, but you probably don't want to be discarding that. But yeah, so if the scrying mirror is empty, you think, right, okay, I can maybe use astral travel. Now, astral travel, I have not played a lot. I've almost always found other move options that, that work better than Astral Travel. Three cost is quite pricey for what it does, but it does give you this mega move if the place is revealed. And that, to me, has been the kicker often with this card. I play predominantly solo, so having a location already revealed that I'd really like to move to, that I can get to quickly, yeah, that's not, not been the case for me. The other thing I'd note about this card is it's not fast, so that can be a bit of a pain. And it doesn't disengage you from all the enemies engaged with you when you do it. So if you want to use this as a kind of escape card, which is often how I've seen it, like Elusive, it doesn't give you all the options that Elusive gives you. It's really just a cover big distance card. And maybe we'll see more opportunities that we want to do that or more scenarios where we need to get back to a starting location and this will be useful. But yeah, that's just some of my early feelings about Astral Travel. Early, it's been out for however long. Next is Hypnotic Gaze. Okay, another three-cost spell. Combat and agility icons. Fast, play when an enemy attacks and investigates at your location. Cancel the attack. Then reveal a random token from the Chaos Bag. If it has a skull, cultist, tablet, autofail, or elder thing symbol, deal the attacking enemy's damage to itself. Now, Jacqueline's ability, when an investigator at your location would reveal any number of Chaos Tokens, reveal two additional tokens. Oh, Okay, so Astral Travel and Hypnotic Gaze are reveal token events. You can play them for one cheaper with the robes, and you can fish for the tokens you need, 
drinking to try and get the effects to trigger or not trigger, depending on what you want. You draw three tokens for astral travel to avoid hitting any of the tokens that will get rid of an item, and you draw three tokens with hypnotic gaze, hoping to hit one of those tokens to make it hit itself. Yeah, I can see that. That's reasonable. Next is, oh my word, what is this? Alice Duke. Amazing. Is that the first piece of art she's done for Arkham? This is a zero-cost event. Wild icon. Parallel fates. It's augury traded. Oh, cool. I love these soothsaying ones. Look at the top four cards of the encounter deck. Reveal a random token from the chaos bag. If it has a skull, cultist, tablet, elder thing, or autofail symbol, shuffle those cards into the encounter deck. Otherwise, return them to the top of the encounter deck in any order. It's a zero-cost, one-off scry that scries further, but with the risk that you don't actually see anything. So you have a glimpse of the future, but you've sort of misordered that glimpse. If I said that I could tell you when you were going to die, would you want to know? I love that. What a great, cool way of doing seeing the future and the uncertainty of the future. Okay, that seems pretty cool, right? It's not fast, so you're spending an action to do that. Particularly, actually, in solo, spend an action to see the top four cards of the encounter deck. As long as they don't get shuffled back in, you then potentially control what you're seeing for the next four turns, which is like Alyssa Graham to the max. That level of control, again, is just incredible. And I've said that before when we were talking about this token ability, that Jacqueline seems to be offering a heightened degree of control about what you're doing and taking away the uncertainty of the mythos, whether that's the cards you're going to face or the tokens you're going to pull. I think that's a really nice way of bringing out her psychic flavour. Parallel Fates, super cool. Next is another new one. Oh, look at this art. This is Voice of Ra, a zero-cost event, willpower icon. It's spell-traded, but it only costs zero, so the robes aren't going to help you with that. Gain one resource. Reveal three random tokens from the Chaos Bag. For each skull, cultist, tablet, autofail, or Elder Thing symbol revealed, gain additional two resources. Wow. So you could use her ability to reveal five tokens if I'm getting that right, and you'd have to pick two of those to cancel. So the ones that you cancel wouldn't trigger for this ability. Oh, I mean, you wouldn't want to cancel autofail, would you? But yeah, say it's... Ah, oh, I see, if it's only one at that point, you're just getting two extra resources. Maybe it's worth it. You get skull minus three, something else. Yeah, you're still good. I mean, the ideal there. So if you can just see one token, this is an emergency cash which we talked about in previous episodes, will they all have some kind of economy card? And the answer here is yes. This is a zero-cost event that gets one resource, which is pretty dreadful. But if you can see one of those other tokens, it's a three-resource event. If you can see more of those tokens, it's a five- or a seven-resource event. Imagine if you can make sure you see three special symbols. Just go boom. (laughs) Resources all over the place. I like that. So I'd want to see... I'd want to see at least one special symbol for that to be worthwhile. Zero cost for three. Other thing to note is it does have a willpower icon. So if you don't need the resources, at least you can commit it, which you can't with cash. So that's good. Yep, that's the voice of Ra. What's next? Yes, Dark Prophecy. Our 4-3 print. One cost event. Willpower and agility icons. Augury traded. Of course, we have the Augury in Jacqueline's deck. Fast. Play when you would reveal a Chaos Token. Reveal five Chaos Tokens instead of one. 
Choose one of those tokens with a special symbol to resolve and ignore the rest. If no such token is revealed, choose any one of those tokens to resolve and ignore the rest. The secrets were written in the stars. So this is where you can do the crazy stuff. You're about to reveal your hypnotic gaze token and you instead reveal five. And it's forcing you to pick one of the nasty symbols. But that's fine because you want to hit a nasty symbol with hypnotic gaze. Actually, likewise, with Azure Flame, Clairvoyance and Ineffable Truth, you want to not hit Elder Sign plus one or zero. So hitting one of these tokens is fine and it's not going to give you a horror from shriveling or end your turn from right of seeking. Also, if you're seeing the Elder Sign with Dark Prophecy, you're ignoring it. And when it's ignored, you draw a card. So Dark Prophecy then replaces itself if you can see the Elder Sign. Man, so powerful in her hands. Cannot wait to start fooling around with that. I've seen Dark Prophecy in Jim. Sorry, other thing you have to drink for when I start talking about other players. And for Jim, obviously, you're fishing for skulls because skulls are zeros for Jim. So I've seen Jim players use Dark Prophecy to basically pass tests they shouldn't otherwise pass because they give themselves a really good chance of hitting a zero. They get five draws of the token back to hit that zero. That seems really nice. Where Dark Prophecy is a bit more tricky is obviously where you're worrying about, oh, I, I can only pass on a minus one or better and then things like tablets could be minus three or minus four if you're using dark prophecy then you might be forced to take the tablet what you could do is combine this with Jacqueline's ability so you're about to reveal a token and you say i'm playing dark prophecy so you're going to reveal five and then do you have to at that point i think at that point you then have to say and the third token i reveal will be three tokens instead and I'll get to cancel two of those before I resolve it. So you've seen seven tokens overall. You could also use Dark Prophecy for Voice of Ra and go fishing for one of those three. So you're about to reveal three tokens, but then for one of those, you reveal five instead, and you have to take one of the special symbols, which is good because you want the special symbols to get more resources. Oh, it's mad. You can draw the whole bag, right? Just with a few of these combined. Super mad. Okay, that's Dark Prophecy. Next is Defiance. Oh, if only Peter were doing this cast with me. Uh, this is a skill. It's another reprint, reprint number five. So by my count, we should expect one more reprint. It's got a wild icon. Before revealing chaos tokens for this test, choose one of the special symbols, but not the auto fail. Skull, cultist, tablet, elder thing. Ignore the effects of the chosen symbol during this test, including its modifier. Importantly, you don't resolve the, the ignore the symbol itself. So you still have drawn a skull if it's going to trigger something about skulls, like taking a horror. It's just that you ignore any effect on the thing if it says, say, if you fail, draw a ghoul minion or whatever it is, draw a ghoul from the encounter deck. You ignore that effect. But I'm pretty sure that things like shriveling giving you horror are not effects of the chosen symbol. They're effects from shriveling. Pretty sure about that. Write in and let me know if I'm wrong. Cool to see this in here just gives you further freedom to control what you're worried about in the bag. And we also see Prescient, which was announced by those dreadful boys, the Mythos Busters. Yes. And have I really studied this enough? This is the original Jacqueline art, isn't it? Yes, Magali Villeneuve. This just has a willpower icon. It's a zero XP skill. Max one committed per skill test. After you commit Prescient to a skill test, name even, odd, or symbol... After this test ends, if a chaos token of the name type was revealed during this test, you may return a spell card from your discard pile to your hand. So if I'm getting this right, 
the difference between ignore and cancel with regard to chaos tokens. Cancel, cancel, cancel behaves as though the chaos token was never revealed. So if I draw three tokens and cancel two of them, nothing triggers off those tokens coming out of the bag. It's like I looked at them in my hand and they fell out of my hand back into the bag before they ever got out. Ignore is that they're out of the bag, but they just don't do anything. So for instance, Dark Prophecy says draw five, choose a special symbol to resolve and ignore the rest. It doesn't say cancel the rest. You still They're still considered drawn, but you just they don't do anything. So that would mean that if I Dark Prophecy with oppression committed, after this test ends, if a chaos token of the name type was revealed during this test, I'm pretty sure that if it's only ignored, it's still revealed. Whereas if it's cancelled, it was never revealed. That's my understanding. So that makes making prescient fire even better. But obviously, Jacqueline's ability, drink, makes it better as well. Because you know what you've named already, and you can plan for it. And then also, the scrying mirror. If you've already used the scrying mirror and you know exactly the token you're going to draw, prescient is just a you know shooting fish in a barrel. It's a surefire thing. So what are you getting back at that point, spell-wise? From this deck, you can't get back Dark Prophecy, it's not a spell. You can't. You could get back Voice of Ra for more economy. You can't get back Parallel Fates because it's an augury, but you could get back Hypnotic Gaze or Astral Travel. Or you could also get back Clairvoyance, Azure Flame, Ineffable Truth. All of those are spells. So you could be recurring any of those, which is really nice. And that again feeds into me to this idea of do you really need three arcane slots? because you can just be bumping cards into your discard pile and then presciently getting them back. This card gets even stronger if you're using the Dream Eater's Skill Event Suite or Water Protection and Deny Existence, which are really nice cards to replay. Peter has just used Scrounge for Supplies to redraw a ward. That's an action. Imagine if he could have used Prescient and not even spent an action to get it back. He'd have been doing something else. And we're up to the XP. And first up is an XP version of a card we've seen before. It's Eldritch Inspiration, which we announced. And wow, did I ever play Eldritch Inspiration? I have played it, just not very much. So this is a zero cost one XP event. I think Eldritch Inspiration was one cost, I think. It has willpower and two intellect icons, so it's gained an intellect icon, I'm going to guess. It's spell and spirit traded. Fast, play when you would resolve an effect on a mystic card that triggers when, if, or after a chaos token is revealed. Either, either cancel that effect or resolve it an additional time. I have had <laughs> to go and rush back to Eldritch Inspiration Zero and find out what is going on here. Of course, I should have realized. So level zero, play when you would resolve an effect on a mystic card that triggers when a special symbol is revealed. Cancel it or resolve it. And this is play when you would resolve an effect on a mystic card that triggers when, if, or after a Chaos Token is revealed. Any Chaos Token. So this is a card you can use to cancel the damage from Azure Flame, the horror from Clairvoyance, the resource loss from Ineffable Truth. Got there in the end. You could also do use this to trigger the Hitting Themself ability on Hypnotic Gaze twice. You could cancel losing an item or an ally from Astral Travel. And you could also use this for Voice of Ra to get more resources. So you'd only have to hit one special symbol on Voice of Ra and use this card and you'd immediately get five resources because you'd get the two resources twice. Yeah, okay, I can see that. You're doing all of this token manipulation, so why not double down on it? Jackie seems like a good home for it. And 
I think I prefer this version than the level zero version as a reprint here. I think that's kind of nice. So there's two of those. Next, this grotesque statue. Called it, but it's level two. Oh, I used to love grotesque statue. I haven't played it in ages. So this is three cost instead of two. Two XP. Willpower and agility icons instead of a wild icon. Item and relic traded. Uses three charges. If it has no charges, discard it. So level four is two for four. This is three for three. When you would reveal a chaos token, spend a charge. Reveal two tokens instead of one. Choose one of those tokens to resolve and ignore the other. Awesome. Okay, fine. Like, great, I think. You know, I'd probably go straight up to the level four, but if I'm just playing with the starter deck, I'm very happy to be rolling with this. You could build a situation, right, as Jacqueline, where you never only reveal one token. <laughs> You're just always... Or you never take a normal test. You're scrying mirror and revealing the token before you take the tests, and then for other tests you reveal two tokens, then you use some cards that make you reveal tokens and you reveal too many, because, yeah, awesome. So cool. Next is the Robes of Endless Night upgrade, which is the card we saw announced. So it's gone down to two cost, two XP, willpower and agility icons, item and clothing can soak two damage, reaction, when you play a spell card, exhaust Robes of Endless Night, reduce the cost of that card by one, playing that card does not provoke a tax opportunity. We've talked about this before, two cost, this feels so much better than three cost, just because you've got your money back when you've only played two spells, which seems like you could do that in a couple of turns very easily. And the power of that no attacks of opportunity is amazing because then you don't have to proactively get your spells down. You just play Robes of Endless Night and you keep things in hand and instead make progress in the scenario. And at the point when, ooh, I'm in trouble now, I needed to be able to evade, that's when you get down your ineffable truth or your Azure Fame to fight or whatever it is. Yeah, super strong card. And no competition in that slot. Next is Hypnotic Gaze level two. Okay, gone down in cost to 2, 2 XP, combat and double agility icons, fast, play when an enemy attacks an investigator at your location. Ah, has, does gaze only work when an enemy attacks you? No, the level 0 is also, you can also cancel attacks on other people. Cancel that attack, then reveal a random token. If it's a special symbol, deal damage to the attacking enemy equal to its damage or horror. Okay, that's really good as well then. So some scary creature that hits for one damage and two horror, you can actually make it hit itself for two damage because you take the horror value as the damage rather than the damage value. Nice. Even, you know, there are some enemies that hit for no damage and multiple horror. Use it on that. Super good. The cost reduction makes it really competitive as well. Play it for one with the robes down. Like, that's pretty juicy. And then you almost certainly see the token because you fish for 19 because you're Jackie. Are we going to see lower cost versions of a lot of these spells then now? Oh, next is Guts level 2. Triple willpower icon and it's become a mystic card. Is it the same as manual dexterity? If this test is successful, draw a card. Two cards instead if it succeeds by two or more. Stay back, I'll handle this. And that's max one committed per test. Yeah, nice. For someone with five willpower, why not? Takes you to an eight, which is awesome. And you're probably getting two cards out of that, unless something terrible happens. But even if something terrible happens, you're Jackie and you can mitigate something terrible happening. Cool. Looks so good in purple. Next is Azure Flame level three. Now, hmm, I think we saw Ineffable Truth level three. So let's see what the change up here is. It's still three cost. It's gained a willpower icon, so willpower and combat. It's got four charges still. Spend one charge, fight, 
it uses willpower instead of combat, you get plus two willpower and deal plus one damage, and then the same clause about elder signs, plus ones and zeros damaging you. Okay, so for the three cost, it's gained an icon and it's gained a baked-in boost of plus two. It's like shriveling level three, identically. I like it. This is what we've come to know and love about spells, that as you upgrade spells, they have baked-in boosts so you don't need to worry about committing cards. Funnily enough, it makes me think, would you end up not getting Guts level 2 in this deck? Because your spells all upgrade and maybe you don't need the boosts. Maybe. With Azure Flame and the Crystal Pendulum down, Jackie fights at 8. Like, yeah, it's pretty good. Next is Clairvoyance level 3. It's now Willpower and Intellect icons. Still 4 cost, still 3 charges. It's exactly the same. It's the plus 2 boost again. So Investigate, Willpower instead of Intellect, Horror, Punishment... Yeah, so Clairvoyance isn't doing the right of seeking two and four thing. It's doing zero and three like shriveling here. It's nice to see the pattern break up a little bit. And again, baked in boost. You really want those Clairvoyance charges to land because it's four cost for only three charges. And now you're investigating at a seven, which makes you in a good place for even the highest of trouds, really. Lovely. And Ineffable Truth three, willpower and agility icon. So it's gained a willpower icon. It's also identical. Three costs, three charges, evade. You get plus two willpower for this evasion attempt. Yep. So they've gone exactly by the same pattern. I don't mind that. I think for Investigator starter decks, that seems reasonable that you know what you're getting with those spells. And I really like the idea of sitting around the table and there's the Mystic players open the Jackie deck and they're looking at their XP to upgrade. And they say, oh, look, all of my spells do the same thing. And they sort of show them. And you'd compare that with the Winnie deck where the upgrades work in quite a different way some bigger weapons but then also all those different events that come back to hand and things like that so you already start to get a flavor of mystics like this okay the spells get more powerful ah okay i get more tricksy as rogue as i level up uh, for stella what were the upgrades it was the flexibility of things like dumb luck and look what i found you're like hey guys i could get a chainsaw you know you can you can sort of shake it up in a different way yeah that that speaks to my heart that the upgrade patterns are slightly different. What else do we have? Arcane Studies level 4. Wow. So we do have a skill booster, but it comes at a higher level. Now, did this get announced? I think it might have done, you know. By those dreadful guys, the Mythos Busters. Kudos to them if they announced it. 2 cost, 4 XP. It's got double willpower and double intellect icons, which is like the 2 XP version. Uses 2 resources replenish these resources at the start of each round. Free trigger, spend one resource from your resource pool or from Arcane Studies. You get plus one willpower or plus one intellect for this skill test. Ah, this is nice. The two cost immediately becomes two resources. So this is really a zero cost card, but you need two cost to play it, but you can immediately use those two to boost. And you can spend resources from Arcane Studies, so you get a boost of plus two every turn for free once you've played it. Or you can also go, well, actually, I really need a much bigger boost, so I'm going to spend three resources from my pool. So it's got the baked-in boost. That's really good. So at turn two, you've paid two for four boosts. At turn three, you've paid two for six. Yeah, cool. That's really nice. And I think I saw this card when it was announced and assumed that all of the decks would have one. And this is the first time we've seen it. Stella doesn't have a booster like this. Winnie doesn't have a booster. She has Streetwise level zero and... Scrapper level zero was Stella's. So that's really interesting that this is saved as an XP thing. I guess maybe you grow in power as Jacqueline and then start boosting. 
Next is Recharge Level 4, Triple Willpower Icon. It's a spell. You can get it back with Prescient. Choose a spell or relic asset controlled by an investigator at your location, could be your grotesque statue, and reveal a random token from the bag. If you reveal a special symbol, add one charge to the chosen asset. Otherwise, add four charges to the chosen asset. With Eldritch Inspiration, you can recharge and then cancel the token you've seen if it's one of those bad ones, and add four charges. Zero cost for four charges is like a full refill on any of your spells or a load of grotesque statue charges. That's actually a nice little two-card combo. So what this has gained over Recharge 2, Recharge 2 was add three charges or discard the asset if you pulled one of those symbols. So this has taken away the destructive element of the card and it said either you just get one charge or you get four. Again, Jacqueline can probably control which token she sees. So she's probably getting four with this. The question is, do you want to spend four XP for this? Are you using your spells enough that you want to be recharging them? Or are you doing the spell churn? And I guess I'll just have to play it and find out. So that's recharge level four. We're getting to the high XP. Azure Flame level five. Oh, are we going to see level five versions for all the cards? The three spells. Okay, it's three costs for four charges still. It's willpower and double combat icons now. Spend one charge fight. This attack uses willpower instead of combat. You get plus three willpower and deal plus two damage for this attack. If an Elder Sign plus one or zero token is revealed during this attack, take two damage or cancel that damage with Eldritch Inspiration. <laughs> wow. So you're playing the Jackie deck and you're like, I'm going to tech to be the combat supremo. And you go straight up to Azure Flame and make sure you're not hitting those special symbols. Well, the plus one, the zero or the Elder Sign and getting punished for them. You can kill yourself with three shots of Azure Flame, just with the two damage each time if you're not careful. So yeah, worth knowing that that's a risk. If you like Shriveling 5, you'll probably like Azure Flame uh, 5 as well. Yes, Clairvoyance 5 as well. Willpower and double intellect icons now. Still only three charges and still four cost. Spend a charge, investigate. Use Willpower instead of intellect. You get plus three for this investigation. If you succeed, discover two clues. And if an Elder Sign plus one or zero is revealed, take two horror. Okay, they're following the same pattern. Nice and simple. I think that's fine. Clairvoyance is definitely the one that has the biggest difference for me between its old counterpoint, Right of Seeking, and it, just because of the way that it's worked. Old Right of Seeking goes up to five cost and always has the same penalty. This has stayed at four cost and three charges. And yeah, nice big boost baked in there. Investigating the eight with it. Yeah, super good. And again, two clues per, uh, three clues per thing. Great card for three player. And Ineffable Truth, here we are. Is this the last card? It is, okay. Ineffable Truth level five. Willpower and two agility icons. Spend a charge evade, you get plus three. If you succeed, de deal two damage to the evaded enemy. And if an Elder Sign plus one or zero is revealed, lose two resources. Now that is nice as a little change up. The plus three and dealing two damage means you could be using Ineffable Truth to kill two health enemies, potentially losing resources to do it, and then saving your slightly scary Azure Flame level five charges to take on the bigger enemies, because you don't want to be firing them willy-nilly and taking loads of damage. Yeah, good. And man, I mean, proves my point that the Jacqueline player upgrading is like, look at how these cards upgrade. That could just be your, your upgrade path first. 12 XP is upgrading two of the spells. And then when you get another 8 XP, 
finish the journey and get them up to level five. That's really nice. I'm a little bit sad that there's not like a high XP ally here, but we, I mean, we can't have everything, can we? So that's, that's okay. And yeah, these are probably more straightforward even at the higher levels than the Stella or Winnie cards. But yeah, this seems strong. It's really nice. Really good. There ends Jacqueline. I cannot wait to start playing her and see really like the depths of that control. I think that'll be really exciting. So yeah, thanks for listening. We're on all the places I've said we always are. Drawn to the Fame podcast at gmail.com. Drawn to the Fame on Facebook, Twitter, Discord, Designed by Humans. Thanks so much for listening. Stay tuned. We're moving to the men of the Investigator starter decks now. The die has chosen all of the female investigators first. But yeah, we're getting to move that way for the final two. And hopefully you're excited to see what's in the Guardian and what's in the Seeker decks. And they're the ones designed by Jeremy Zwern. So we'll have to keep an eye out and see if there's a discernible difference. I'm excited about that. Thanks very much for listening. Bye. Bye.